Warning. Hey folks, this is Pete Brown, host of the Mindset Digital Podcast. Just want to let you know we're talking about Snapchat today. In that discussion, we talk about appropriate and inappropriate uses of Snapchat. While we don't use any untoward language, we do obliquely refer to things that are inappropriate, and I believe we use the word junk twice. So if that's not copacetic with you, you probably want to skip this episode. Warning. Finally, I just thought I should mention I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and despite my best efforts to part with my accent, I will occasionally refer to the name of this app as Snapchat. Warning. It's my understanding that people who grow up outside the 216 find that very nasally A sound grating, and I apologize. All right, let's get to the show. Um, I think that I should have Snapchat because a lot of my friends post funny pictures and videos and I don't feel that included. They um, have to send me details, which means they have to save things from Snapchat and then send them to me on iMessage, a message, which is using a lot of their data, and not data, but storage. And I just feel like that's a waste of time and inconvenient for them and for me. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast, thoughts, insights, and analysis from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. In this episode, it's time to talk about Snapchat. Mindset Digital Creative Director Pete Brown co-ops the entire podcast to solve one of his personal parenting dilemmas. Wait, what? Some of the office millennials explain the hidden meaning lurking behind specific emoji. Mike the Tool Man Taylor shares one of the tools that enables his prolific content sharing strategy. And as always, something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. Here's Pete Brown. Well, thank you, Bria, I think. I am Pete Brown, and today is the day we're going to talk about Snapchat, the hugely popular messaging app that deletes snaps once they've been viewed. A lot of our clients at Mindset Digital, particularly accounts that I work on directly, are in highly regulated fields. Healthcare, for example, insurance, financial services. As we went looking for some case studies about how companies in these worlds are using Snapchat, to be honest, we didn't find a lot. And what we did find, to continue being honest, did not knock our socks off. We will put links in the show notes about some of the cases we found, and we'll let you decide. But by and large, what we find is that the brands who are, quote-unquote, killing it on Snapchat tend to be youth-focused. You know, your Mountain Dews, your Taco Bells. So why are we talking about Snapchat today on the Mindset Digital Podcast? First of all, I find that the clients ask me about it frequently, and they ask me about it not during meetings, but in that little chit-chat time that happens before a meeting starts or as it ends when you're putting your stuff away. Now, these folks tend to be mid-career professionals who, like me, probably don't use Snapchat a whole lot, but they're very eager and even hungry to understand why it's so popular with the next generation. Or they want to know how the young people in their office are using Snapchat. Or, like me, they want to know what their kiddos are doing on Snapchat. That was my 13-year-old daughter you heard in the cold open for today's show. She's my youngest, and she's been asking me almost daily for the past six months or so if she could have Snapchat on her phone. Now, she was still 12 when she first asked me for Snapchat, and you know, let's be honest, I'm a cool dad. I work in a cool creative agency, and I do a lot of work in social, right? So very calmly, very coolly, I replied, are you insane? Snapchat is what creeps use to send out pictures of their junk. No, 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 no. Not a great moment for me in my parenting career. But as you'll learn in this episode, I have a lot of fears around Snapchat, well-founded or otherwise, particularly because Unlike her Instagram account, which I can go and look over and see what's been going on, in Snapchat, everything disappears, and I don't know. 
But I do know that when fear is holding you up on something, anything, one great strategy is to just start digging for more information and trying to uncover what the real issue is. So we joked in our intro that I've basically taken over the show and burnt up a good deal of company time and resources to resolve a personal parenting issue. But I do want to say that although this parenting question is certainly the framework for today's exploration of Snapchat, this is also incredibly valuable for my professional purposes as well. And here's what I mean by that. We work with companies all the time who want to understand why their employees seem to be deft and very effective users of social media in their personal lives, but then don't seem to leverage it at all professionally. I mean, there's a huge gap there for many of us, myself included. Think about it. Well, at Mindset Digital, we try and design programs so that personal and professional use of social media doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, so that these things don't occur in separate silos, but they come to sort of support each other in a very real and very authentic and meaningful way. And I think it warrants mention that, as you'll learn, Snapchat's growth and usage numbers are absolutely staggering. And as the Snapchat generation continues to grow and becomes an economic force, understanding how this whole group of people is interacting with the flow of information around them is absolutely critical no matter what field you work in. Healthcare, insurance, Taco Bell. So I hope that makes sense for you all. It made just enough sense when I pitched the idea to my bosses that they let me run with it a little bit. And to be honest, this is just the type of unusual investigation that we want to be conducting on the Mindset Digital Podcast. So today I sit down with Matt Wiener, and Wiener is one of our social gurus here at Mindset Digital. We talk about the ins and outs of Snapchatting today. And I will be honest, during our discussion, I learned something frankly disturbing about the eggplant emoji. I also spend a few minutes with Betsy Hubbard, who, along with Dr. Deborah Jasper, is one of Mindset Digital's founders. In addition to being my boss, Betsy is also a parent of a 13-year-old, and she lends me some much-needed perspective. We also check back in with Mike the Toolman Taylor, who's got a great recommendation for managing your social sharing. And, as always, Becca the Millennial returns with something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. Are you ready to go? Let's do this. So joining me now is one of Mindset Digital's social media gurus. This is Matt Wiener. Wiener, how's it going? Good, Pete. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, so the nice thing about uh, Wiener is uh, we've worked together at a number of different places, and at every stop along the way, uh, when something new was happening on social media, you've generally been the person to tell me about it. Right. Uh, you were the guy who got me on Snapchat. Uh, uh, that was probably two years ago, maybe? Yeah. 2013, yeah. sound about right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So I'm super excited that you're here with us at Mindset Digital, and we're still talking about Snapchat. It's still around. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so where are we with Snapchat right now in terms of its influence? Sure. So right now there's about 100 million daily active users. Uh, a lot of content going out. It's about 9,000 photos every second and 6 billion daily video views. So it's it's not 100 million users. It's 100 million daily active users. Right. That's just the active users. And 9,000 photos. So literally in the time it took me to introduce you, 90,000 photos were sent via Snapchat. Right. Wow. Okay, so you know, in this podcast today, I'm really wrestling with the decision on whether or not I'm going to let my, my daughter use Snapchat. So what can you just tell me about some of the controls around there? Sure. So uh, right off the bat, the minimum age is 13. Okay. She just turned 13. Okay. Then. And uh, you can set the account to private. So what does that mean? So that means that you won't have random internet users snapping her pictures. So we can set her up her account so the only people that can, can communicate with her are people she has said I'm friends with. Correct. So it's interesting because 
Snapchat is really a messaging platform, right? Yes. More so than a social network. I mean, (laughs) so explain to me why it's more than, say, a really fun way to do text (laughs) that disappears. Yeah. So I think for for me anyway, and... I'll admit I'm probably on the older side of the Snapchat user spectrum. You are. You're, <laughs> did you just turn 30? I turned 30. That is year. old. We yeah. are, you are old. I, it's official. I, I should no longer be on Snapchat. Okay. But so the thing that I like about it is it sort of like takes up this space between, you know, you've got text and traditional social media like Facebook and Twitter. And I feel old just saying traditional social media. And then there's Snapchat for things that are you know, a little bit more ephemeral. There isn't that pressure on there. You know, the only person who's going to see it is the person that you're sending it to. It doesn't live out there. Has uh, has anyone ever sent you something inappropriate? Yes, yes. But but I was friends with them, so it wasn't random people. If that helps. Well, did anyone ever get really mad at you and be like, "I'm mad at you, Wiener"? No, that that's the, that's the beauty of Snapchat, right? If you get mad, the, the worst thing you could do is just screenshot it, and then you can hold that over their head for the rest of their lives. Uh-huh. But have you ever sent uh, like a, anything angry to somebody? I, no, no, not angry. I'm not an angry Snapchatter. Okay, so what is the Snapchat score? Sure. So the score uh, is a measure of your activity on Snapchat. It includes snaps that you send, ones that you view. Uh, I believe it includes uh, how you interact with Snapchat stories, which can be posted by brands and other live events that are going on in your area. And what is your score? My score is around 13,400. Okay. And so I looked right before we went on, and mine's 33. 3,300? 30, no, just 33. <laughs> so, which is good. That's a good number. Good round number. <laughs> so today, you know, I got this phone is new, and I had to re-download Snapchat. Mm-hmm. We connected with several of the people I work with here, and I decided, you know, I'm going to send out a funny picture of me. Yeah. And I was wearing headphones, and I drew, like, a blue mustache. Yeah. And then I'm going through the icons, and I somehow put an eggplant on there. Somehow, yes. Which I think is weird that there's an eggplant in there at all. Yeah. Right? Mm. And and again, helpfully, and I think this is because we have a past history of working together, you said, in the future, do not put eggplants on your snaps to people at work because it's not safe for work. Yes. Yeah. It, it is not there for cooking aficionados. And actually, once it was on there, I couldn't figure out how to get it off. I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know what it meant. Right? And it means junk. Basically. Yeah. Male yeah. junk. Yes. Can we say that? I You just did. Okay. So <laughs> so the eggplant's on there. And so not only do I not just kind of ignore that it's on there, I typed in that bar that lets you type something. I said, I don't know why there's an eggplant on here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I so, my quest, <laughs> so, so my question is, how much damage did I do to my credibility with the staff, do you think? I... I, I think what's interesting is not that much because the general assumption was not that you didn't know, but that you accidentally put it on there. I, I don't know if that's better or worse. And then um, here's the thing. Now people have viewed it and it's gone away, right? That, so I, I can't get fired for it. No, although I could replay your snap and then take a screenshot. Oh, because you have one replay left today. Yeah, and then I can hold that over you. So, so in other words, as long as that doesn't happen. Right. And then so also, as a quick aside, one of the ways that Snapchat has finally decided that, hey, maybe we should monetize this platform is they've started offering additional replays for the low, low price of I don't know how much. I think it's 99 cents. I think I read yep. that. Oh. We'll have to check. So uh, <laughs> so, so that you know, but not the egg. So, so if you need a replay, if you're like, oh, I'm going to totally 
need to screenshot this. Yeah, I mean, and this, so like for me, for example, this would be a great 99 cent investment as you are my boss. But I wouldn't, um, I don't think I could get fired for that, right? <laughs> Do you? I, I don't know. I, for our listeners, which tend to be mid-career professionals like myself, the takeaway is do not use the eggplant emoji on Snapchat unless you know what you're getting into. <laughs> that That is right. Okay. I learned so much today. <laughs> Very much. I, okay. Uh, one, one more thing I want to ask you before you go. Sure. Because, you know, I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to let my, my daughter um, use Snapchat. And actually, if this eggplant thing was out there, I'm leaning heavily towards no at this point. <laughs> you uh, don't have kids. No. Right? And if, if I remember correctly, like you're super crazy uncomfortable around kids. Yes. 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 So probably I should ask somebody who has kids this question, but since you're the only one here at the moment, do you think I should let her have a Snapchat account? I do. Yes. Why? It, it, uh, it, it seems like, <laughs> again, I, I sound so old, but so I read an article on BuzzFeed recently mm -hmm. explaining how the kids are using Snapchat, like teenagers. And and it, it sounded pretty innocuous. I mean, I, granted, you know, nothing. That's the, that's the article you sent me, right? And we're going to yeah. put a link to that in the show notes. It's it's actually fantastic reading. Yeah, very lot. quick. But but what was interesting to me was they use it as a vehicle of rapid creative expression and response. Yeah, that, yeah, that and social currency, right? Like, who are you getting your snaps from? Mm -hmm. Do you think um, he probably should have addressed the eggplant issue in there? <laughs> Does that count even like on if I'm texting on um, the eggplant like in in iMessage? Uh, absolutely, the eggplant <laughs> universally <laughs> means that eggplant is universal. Whoa, are there other things like that I need to be aware of? We can talk about it offline. We can Maybe we can talk about it offline. Can make me a one sheet or something. <laughs> sure. All right, Wiener, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming on the podcast and thanks for uh, keeping me up to speed on Snapchat. Thanks for having me, Pete. All right, bye. Bye. Bosses are coming on the show. I am here now with Mindset Digital founder Betsy Hubbard. Hi, Betsy. Hey, Pete. How are you doing? I'm all, I'm all right. Thanks. Excellent. So we're talking about Snapchat today, and I want to assure you that I haven't co-opted our podcast just to solve a personal problem that I'm having, <gasps> right? But a lot of our clients don't do a lot with Snapchat. A lot of the folks who follow us, mid-career professionals like myself, not super active on it, right? That's true. So why is it important to really understand Snapchat from a professional perspective? I think it's important to understand it simply because it is a huge draw for so many folks. It's attracted such a big audience so quickly, so many users who many of them are making it really kind of their primary channel of communication. And so something is going on with Snapchat. And even for those of us who it's not our first choice as a social network, we need to understand what it is that has drawn people to this channel. And so I've noticed, even here in our office, this kind of generation gap. I mean, I consider myself pretty digitally savvy. That's why you pay me, right? Absolutely. And That's yet, right. Even when I use Snapchat, I'm using it very differently than how the younger folks in our office do. I think that's true. I think it's also an example of just how a channel that might be intended for one purpose can quickly get co-opted for others. And these channels evolve so quickly. They add in new features and functionality. So they also evolve quickly over time. Snapchat as it came out initially and what it looks like now is really quite a bit different. Yeah. And I'll say this too. I mean, I've done a lot of research into, you know, you look on the internet, brands that are killing it on Snapchat. And it's, you know, it's always like Taco Bell and Mountain Dew, right? Very youth-focused brands. Uh, but your larger Fortune 100 companies, not doing much with it. 
Right. And that's probably because of the demographics. I mean, it's reaching a more youthful audience. And so the brands catering to that audience are going there first. And I think that I think there is a mystery to Snapchat that we will have to solve as this next generation becomes main consumer generation. Absolutely. There's definitely something appealing about content that's not permanent, about sort of having a more spontaneous conversation with others and one that doesn't leave the same kind of digital trail as other channels might. Yeah. Okay. So I also want to say, you know, I've gotten to work with you for a couple of years, which has been fantastic, but we're, we're old friends and you're, we are. you and, and Sam are some of the first people I met when I moved to Columbus. And that was in parenting class because we both had babies at the same time. And right. well, my wife had the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I am really struggling with my daughter who just turned 13, which is the minimum age for Snapchat. Uh, on whether or not I should let her do it. And I'm just curious what your take has been on that as somebody that kind of goes way back with me to the trenches of parenting. Yeah. Well, so my take is it's awfully hard to keep kids off channels. I mean, we can try and, and they will flock there or they will find another channel with even less supervision that where we won't follow them. So I really think it's imperative as a parent that we teach our kids how to navigate in this digital world because it's where they live, it's where their friends are, it's how they communicate, it's increasingly how all of us communicate. We just have to really help our kids and make sure that they they know the ground rules and that they're savvy users. And that's not easy because they're young, but we have no choice but help them learn these lessons at a young age. Yeah, I, and I think too that, you know, what worries me about it is, you know, when she's on Instagram... Uh, or Twitter, she wants nothing to do with Facebook, I can check, right? I can go back and sort of review her usage. And it's not that I don't trust her. It's that I don't trust the world around her. Right. So getting to know what those protections are helpful, making sure that your daughter's settings on her account are using those, but then also just appreciate there's really almost no way you can isolate your daughter in this world because she has access each and every day. And as all of these devices are even being accepted into schools in a new and different way, we simply can't raise our kids the way we were raised. Do you want to, you were telling me before about when uh, your son was at camp. Yeah. So I think, I think that there has been a, a probably a huge surge in adoption among middle-aged parents <laughs> here in Columbus, Ohio, because I sent my son off to a church camp at that, mm-hmm. a summer camp. They run uh, camps all summer long. And this is the only way that the camp counselors would communicate to parents. They sent a daily story on Snapchat. So I just, I have this vision that all of a sudden all these parents are signing up. Why were the counselors communicating that way? Well, it's probably the channel of their first choice. It's easy for them to do. They could easily capture content, collect it through the day, send it out, distribute it, let it arrive at us. And all of us parents would tune in daily to see what the daily update was. And did you like using it for that? I did, but I, I do kind of like technology that sticks around. So, you know, I, so so the, the nature of it is a little bit different to get used to for those of us who are used to looking, reviewing content that is more permanent. Yeah. I got on Twitter in 2008 because the, the swim teacher communicated whether or not lessons were, were on or off. There you go. I mean, that's always the case. We're going to join if there's something of value there for us. A lot of folks haven't seen the value yet of what Snapchat has to offer, but it may be because their community isn't there yet. So what what do you think I should do about my daughter? I have to say I side with her. But she's my baby girl. (laughs) Not for long. I know. Not for long. I know. 
All right, Betsy, thanks for the first time on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having you're me, crazy Pete. crazy busy, and you're all over the country now, but uh, I appreciate the time you're able to spend with us. Always good to talk to you. All right, good time. Take care. Tool time. All right, those tool time tags get better and better, thanks to Brian Hake, a graphic artist extraordinaire for that. Joining me is Mike the Toolman Taylor. How are you, Mike? Good. How are you doing, Pete? I am hanging in there today. I'm hanging in there. On our last podcast, we started off by talking about Feedly. Basically, as you've been working with the team here at Mindset Digital, you've been sharing tools with us that help you consume a lot of information and also share out information. And Feedly was the way that you make the things you're interested in come to you rather than you spending time to find them. So today, I know we want to talk about now how you very prolifically share relevant information out on your social channels. Right on. So uh, there's a great little tool called Buffer which kind of helps you share to different platforms, uh, social media platforms. In my particular case, I do all my reading early in the morning. So uh, wife, two kids, and a dog, that's my window is really early in the morning. And if I just shared that stuff as I read it at 4 a.m., nobody would probably see that stuff. Right. So what Buffer does is you can cue those things that you want to post in Buffer. They call, you know, buffering your posts. So what that does is that will spread those out across the day or multiple days, depending on how you set your schedule up. Okay. And so how do I, how do I use Buffer? What's the actual mechanism? Uh, so sign up for an account. There's several different ways. They've got mobile apps, uh, browser add-ins, So super simple, just a click of a button can send a website or a post or whatever it is you want to share, video, slide share, just about anything you want to buffer. This is another one of the tools that uh, you've done a little seminar on here at Mindset Digital, and I've been using it. Here's here's what I like about it. Uh, So I installed the buffer extension on Chrome, right? right? And so as I read stuff, I don't have to look for a share this button at the bottom of the post. I don't have to copy a URL. I just click the button and it pops up. And then if I want to say something about the post, I can add it right there. I've got it hooked up to LinkedIn and Twitter, but I can actually add other accounts too. Right. So the the free account, I think you can share to two platforms. One of the things you get with the paid version is uh, you can queue more items at, a, at one time and you can add more platforms. Do you know, is it buffering? Is it looking for good times of the day to post for you or is it just trying to spread you out? Yeah, so you're kind of in control of that. You can set certain times of the day you want, or you can let Buffer do the smart work and look at your uh, audience, and it's going to try to find those optimal times to share based on when your audience is online. Yeah. So let me ask you, this is now more of a philosophical question. Do you always add a personal comment to something that you share? I try to add something. So it just depends on a couple of things. A, you know, what it is. Sometimes I just think, hey, it's cool. It's, it's very well said. I don't need to add anything to that. If I have time to do it, I will. I don't always, so probably 50-50-ish. Would it be possible to look, and I don't know if we have time to do this or not, but I'd love to look at like 10 of your tweets where you just rebuffered something without adding a comment versus 10 where you just added something contextual and see what the engagement difference is. I, I would love to do that. It would probably be pretty insightful. Yeah. I can I can tell you that I've definitely noticed that if I add an image, because it doesn't always pull the image through, yeah. if you do take the time to go and pull an image and add the image, that's a huge difference. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And actually, so a lot of times, like with Twitter, it'll show you a couple of images you can pick, or sometimes I'll make one and pull it in there. Right. Then I really start fighting that character limit, right? By the time, if, if I want to include what the original tweet or headline was and say something about it and have an image, then it gets it gets awfully tight. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's depending on what you're trying to say. The, the image makes it more difficult, but it's definitely worthwhile if you can fit it. Okay, 
So maybe we'll do that in a future podcast. We're just going to look at engagement differences between having something to say and just sharing something out. Right on. Sounds like fun. All right. I, I share a lot of stuff about website development, which I understand this much, <laughs> but I never make comments on it because, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, this seems like an important thing in CSS. I'm going to share it because I read it, but I have nothing to say about but it. But you're afraid of getting questions about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I, need I know an the app. feeling. I need an app that buffers questions away from me. That's what I want. Sign me up. Here's the other risk with buffer that I've noticed. Particularly if uh, if I'm scrolling through Twitter, I see lots of interesting headlines, and I just want to buffer them right away before I've read the actual story, right? <laughs> right. And I have to stop myself because yep. it's so easy, you know. And I'm like, wait a second, this story could be about something totally different. Yeah, and and that's that's uh, I have done that in the past and regretted it. So you know, I think there there's some value, and if you're curating this stuff for an audience, that you sort of owe it to yourself and to those people who are following you to say, hey, hey, I've read this, and there is something of value here. Versus, there's tons and tons of good headlines that go by with nothing of substance behind them. So. That's the yeah, risk. Headline writers are better, I think, than content writers. <laughs> yeah, well, so, it's easier, right? It's yeah. a headline versus a, a big long post. Can you tell me? Can you tell me about a time that you regretted it, or is it not? I don't want to damage your professional <laughs> reputation here on the podcast. That's been a long, long time okay. ago. I can't remember. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay. So now you call uh, this, and actually, I just discovered chatting with you before we we started recording that this is a thing. PKM. Personal knowledge management, right, right. right? How you get, how you learn things, and how you share. Things. Yeah. So there's uh, Harold Jarkey is, is one of the guys who's written a lot about this, and his model he calls it seek, sense, share. So that's kind of his three step process. So how you're taking it in, how you're processing it, and then how do you share that out? If uh, if I knew that guy, I would totally call him Jarkey because that's like <laughs> one of those last names that's just like, how you doing, Jarkey? What's up? Right on. Okay, so you have a video now on your website, and your website is mike-taylor.org. Right. About your personal PKM right. workflow, right? right? And right. it's, uh, did, by the way, did you make that all in PowerPoint? Created in PowerPoint, right. I'll tell you what, if, you're, if you do PowerPoint at all, you should be following this guy because he makes this stuff, and I'm like, there's no way this was done in PowerPoint. <laughs> but that's, it's a few minutes long, and you kind of walk us through what you do here, and that's again at mike-taylor.org, and then right. they can follow you on Twitter at tmiket. Right. And uh, that's where you can see if Mike is actually reading what he decides to buffer or if he is going to slip up and just rebuffer ahead. I need some people to keep me honest. All right, Mike Taylor, I appreciate you coming back for Tool Time. Uh, I think it was uh, hugely popular last time. I know that you're getting signing a lot of autograph requests now, things of this nature. My posse is growing. Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. Okay, joining me again is Becca, the millennial. Hi, Becca. Hi, Pete. First of all, just let me say thank you. This episode uh, being about Snapchat, uh, there was a huge learning curve for me. <laughs> You've been helping me out a lot with that. Uh, you know, and even just telling me, you know, not only the the stuff I didn't know about eggplant, which <laughs> I got to stop talking about because I'm going to get fired, but uh, just how it works. You know, you immediately looked at my Snapchat. You know, it was my birthday because, mm-hmm. yeah, Snapchat actually outed me at the office. Yeah, and then I slacked everyone about it. Oh, great. So everyone knows it's your birthday today, and I everyone can't... knows you're using the eggplant emoji. I know. 
What an, it's a what, good day for It's been for a banner you. day for me, really, if you think about it. Okay. So this is something on the internet guaranteed to make me laugh, where Becca the Millennial finds something that she thinks is going to make me laugh, and we're going to look at it. I haven't seen it. I don't know what we're talking about. And if it doesn't make me laugh, we're going to try and unpack why I'm unable to connect with the humor. Okay. I'm starting. Yep. Wait. It's a video. Okay. So are we on a website, or is this a YouTube video? This is YouTube. Okay. And this video is called Hoverboard Pool Fail. So uh, this is actually Christmas Day, it looks like, according mm -hmm. to the timestamp so on the video. So it was brand new, I'm sure. 5.09 p.m., and there is a teenage girl, and she is wearing a white sweatshirt, and she is riding a hoverboard <laughs> on her pool deck. Oh, she just fell off. Oh, and the hoverboard <laughs> went in the water. Wait, it gets better. <laughs> oh, no! She fell into the water, too! <laughs> I wouldn't say fell. I, I, she dived. She dived. She was trying to save the hoverboard. Yeah. Can we oh, see? Yeah. It? Can we see it again? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's funny is she seems to jump off the hoverboard. Yeah, she like and then bailed. she turns to to run after it to try and save it from going in the water. It and was more like she knew it had gone in, and it, there was that moment of do I go for it or do I just let it go? Yeah. And I'm assuming it's kind of cold. Yeah. Like she's obviously not wearing a parka, so. Yeah. But I, I bet you it's probably like 60 degrees. Now let me ask you. So I bet the pool was cold. How did how did you come across this? Did somebody send it to you? Instagram probably. I follow a lot of funny accounts on Instagram. Okay. Well, I think that was pretty good. I think it's worth a laugh. We're going to certainly put a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe next time what we'll do is we'll bring you in and I will show you something that's supposed to make you laugh. That would be awesome. Okay. Okay. So we'll try that next time. All right, Becca the Millennial, uh, again, my thanks for your help on this episode. And just to clarify, that snap that I sent out with the eggplant, right, it's gone away now, right? Right. So I can't get fired. No. Wait, I think I totally understand Snapchat now. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to next time bringing something that's going to try, try and make you laugh. Okay. I already know what it is in my head. Okay. But uh, we're going to have to wait a month to check it out. Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks. My thanks to Matt Wiener, Betsy Hubbard, Mike Taylor, and Becca Anderson for being on today's show. If you like the show, please do let us know by giving us a review on iTunes. My thanks also to my daughter for putting up with me as I put this episode together. Now this is where I'd normally throw it to Brieval for the outro, but first I need to close the loop on the parenting question that I faced at the outset of today's show. So once more, here's my daughter and I talking Snapchat. Are you wondering why we're in the minivan? Mm-hmm. Good acoustics. Ah. Okay. Now, what what are we talking about? Snapchat. And why are we talking about it? Because it's something that I really wanted to download on my phone for a couple months. So, if I let you have Snapchat, and I, and I want you to know, it's not that I don't trust you. Well, even I do trust you. It's the rest of the world I'm a little unsure about. I know, but it still feels like you don't trust me. Well, listen. If I, if I let you get Snapchat, if we were to try it, what would you think of these parameters? First, your account has to be private, right? Mm -hmm. So you can only receive snaps from friends, okay? Second, you only accept friend requests from people you know. Promise? Promise. Okay. If anyone sends you something inappropriate, you screenshot it and, and show it to me. Okay. Right? Because... Mm -hmm. Unlike Instagram, where I can kind of check and see what people are posting, mm -hmm. on Snapchat, that's kind of gone. And I know I don't have to tell you this, but what do I tell you every morning when you leave the car to go to school? Be kind, work hard, and have fun. Yeah, and so never use Snapchat if you're mad at somebody to say something nasty, okay? Okay. It's always better in life if you're really, if you have a problem with someone to deal with that face-to-face. -face. 
it's scarier and harder, but technology should not get in the way of those discussions. Okay? I know. And I know that you'll just use a tip. You have to friend me on Snapchat. Okay. All right? <laughs> okay. And on occasion, I need to, like, if you're doing a bunch of snapping and stuff, show me what's going on so I still understand how you're using it. Okay. Oh, okay. Here's the last thing I wanted to say is I feel like you're on your phone a lot now. Mm-hmm. And turning on Snapchat, you're going to be on it even more. And so it's the same. you got to regulate that use. I will. And when we say put your phone down and talk to us, you have to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm ready to say you can go ahead and try it. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. Yes? Can you please stop growing up? I promise. I love you, sweetie. I love you, too. You are a smart, intelligent, beautiful young woman, okay? (laughs) And I'm really, really, really sad to see you growing up. You're my little girl. Okay? And I feel like we're recording this in the minivan. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're going to open the sliding door, and off you go into the world. <laughs> Snapchatting away. <laughs> All right? Okay. Who's that? But no, the reason that I've held off is only because I've been just nervous about it. I know. Okay? I better talk to your mom. Don't go running in there. You're going to have to let me brief her first. Okay. All right? All right, sweetie. Be careful. Work hard. Be, Be kind. kind. Have Have fun. fun. Love you. Love you too. This episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast was produced by Pete Brown and Jessica James and featured Matt Wiener, Betsy Hubbard, Mike Taylor, Becca Anderson, and me, Bria Bell Schultz. If you like this show, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or reach out directly at podcast at mindsetdigital.com. Some music in today's episode came from the website audionautics.com and is licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. Special thanks to Brian Hake and Kevin Davison for our interstitials for Tool Time and Make Me Laugh, respectively. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode. On behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Bria Schultz. Good times.